I'm Jordan. And I'm Donnie. And this is a podcast about the stuff in our New York City apartment. How we find it. Where we put it. And why we're into it. Welcome to Apartment 26. But where it did, I thought that was a bunch of go. <laughs> so, for those of you who are perhaps unfamiliar with Design on a Dime, <laughs> it was an HGTV show that ran from 2003 to, I think, 2010. Wow. Yeah. We've recently discovered it on Discovery Plus. <laughs> yeah. So... Jordan got Discovery Plus for free. Yeah. For a little while. Six months. Six months. Um, and as we've been like really just kind of like crushing background content stuff for a while now, as one does when living through a pandemic, um, we we sort of running out. We started uh, watching Antiques Roadshow for a while on PBS because it was free. Besides the stuff that's behind a paywall, PBS Passport. Um, so we crushed all that. And then Jordan's watching some of the HGTV stuff on Discovery Plus. Um, just kinda, I've been you know, watching a lot of newer HGTV content, like stuff that has come on since I last had cable. Yeah. Um, and then I've been watching some of the stuff with her every now and again. But recently we were just sort of like stuck watch most of what there is to watch and uh we were talking about original hgtv and what it was like and jordan brought up design on a dime i was like what's that (laughs) are you full of regret now uh no actually initially i wanted to watch sensibly chic but they don't have that and if i can make one request of discovery plus i mean i have a lot of requests for discovery plus but one of them would definitely be bring sensibly chic back because that was one of my faves (laughs) you could uh write into the p.o box (laughs) so yeah but design on a dime does have 31 seasons up on discovery plus so we started watching that because there's a lot of comfort in knowing that you're not going to run out of something immediately you know Mm. Like, once you invest yourself in it, you're going to get to go for a good amount of time. Yeah. Yeah, it's a wild time. <laughs> I mean, so, do we want to do pros or cons first? Um, pros. Okay. So, what I really like about it, and sort of a lot of old HGTV content in general, is that now when you're watching HGTV, it's sort of like... I don't know if it's the Instagram effect necessarily, or if it's just sort of the way that all TV content is trending. I don't watch enough TV to sort of know about that, but people have like tens of thousands of dollars in their budget, and what they're really going for is this sort of look of like perfection, Mm. or if not perfection, then like trendiness, or like, like there's a high standard of finish for all of these new shows and i'm not saying that's a bad thing like i love all of this shit (laughs) this content is for me 
Yeah, no, I have fantasies of, like, buying a house for a dollar and then, like, spending $200,000 making it better. So I'm not going to pretend that I'm, like, too good for this shit. (laughs) But what I will say is that old HGTV used to be, like, really low expectations. Yeah, people were doing... (laughs) You know, like, you'd watch a show and they would teach you to do one DIY. Mm -hmm. The whole show. (laughs) Or, like, you'd watch a show and it would be, like handicrafts you know it would be like go to michael's and buy these things and like make invitations to your birthday party or something um and design on a dime specifically they have one thousand dollars to redo a room Mm -hmm. and never ever ever do they change anything like structurally about the room no so like they're always really clear that these projects that they're doing require like no more than a hammer and maybe like a circular saw if you're getting particularly ambitious. Like you will never see a bulldozer on design on a dime. <laughs> yeah. No. There is no demo day on design on a dime. Yeah. Yeah, I mean I think you really nailed it. There's something you you mentioned it we were watching before. There's something very like charmingly amateur even though these people are supposedly professional designers and i mean they are we did some imdb rabbit holing (laughs) they are or were uh some of them some of the industry was cruel too but uh but yeah they're always just doing pretty simple shit lots of hot gluing yeah it really is i mean i think that HGTV has become really aspirational, and again, like, I love that shit. But it used to be very much, like, they wouldn't air something if you couldn't do it in your own house. Mm. And that's a really interesting thing, because it's, like, it feels really attainable, I guess. Like, they're very clear, like, so this flooring was ugly, but we only have $1,000, so we're gonna, like, tape four area rugs together and hope (laughs) that works. Uh, spoiler alert, it did not work for that episode. <laughs> it was very clearly in shot. Just like, uh, probably like six feet, like, running of rug peeking out from the area rug. <laughs> yeah, no, they didn't even cover the whole floor. But, like, that's what I'm saying is, like, as someone with really ugly flooring in my apartment, like, I respect the shit out of that, you know? Because there's nothing I can do. And, like, I think that... They also do a good job. Obviously, they're in a lot of people's houses, but like they have a ton of renters on the show. We've already seen a college dorm room, which is really bizarre. Yeah, but that was a weird one. Like they're very clear about. Well, we're gonna need to be able to take all this stuff down, so I guess we're gonna do like all of these weird crafts that you can take down. <laughs> you know, like I don't think we've ever seen them replace flooring. No. Never. Um. Yeah, it's just, like, really real. Yeah. In almost sort of a lame way, which is really good. Yeah, it's definitely interesting, and something I noticed when we were watching the other night, like, the pacing of, of television, how it's changed. Like, these shows are, honestly, kind of boring, but boring in, like, like you described Antiques Roadshow before as, like, a lullaby of a show. Yeah. And that's how this show feels, too. It's just, like, really really boring in an oddly comforting way it's just like wow this is lame as fuck <laughs> like here's this lady hot gluing a fake plant terrarium together <laughs> but maybe like 
it's not the show. Maybe it's us, if that makes sense. That we're <laughs> so used to seeing like all of this really aspirational and high energy content yeah, yeah. on television. And like maybe television didn't used to be like that. We just don't remember. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's a little bit what I mean by like the pacing of it. Like, like yeah, I mean, we like thinking about marketing and stuff, the idea of like aspirational branding is so in and so big right now. And uh, that's definitely true of TV. And this is, or was, I'm. I bet, like, aspirational in some ways, right? Like, not everyone has the time or the vision, so to speak. (laughs) (laughs) The the cons, we can perhaps talk about the vision of some of these designers um, to redo a room. So there is that aspirational piece. But, yeah, it's not aspirational in the sense of, like, to get a show on HGTV, you have to, like, commit to being a first-time house flipper. Yeah. I think, though, that... um in terms of being aspirational, it was very much like you might not have the vision to put a whole room together, but you could be watching this show and see how these projects could work in your home. Yeah. And now it's sort of like, like I do one day want to learn to tile. It looks like it would be very cool. (laughs) But someone like describing to you how to tile is not going to cause you to go out and like tile your bathroom. Right. You know, whereas like someone painting a dresser could inspire you to go out and paint a dresser yeah true and another roll right into another pro this is something you pointed out the other night but they also in the scope of this kind of boring lulling tutorial will also tell you stuff that doesn't work like it's very clearly um and i described it as in some ways oddly similar to like children's programming like they'll go <laughs> looking for for sort of like a, a dresser in they all they always went to these like furniture liquidation stores, which we were talking about might not be as common <clears throat> now as they were. In yeah, the I had never heard of a hotel liquidation store, but I really aspire to go to one one day. <laughs> <laughs> That's some aspirational branding right there. Um, so anyway, they'll be going and they'll find this piece that like meets their brief, and they'll tell you why it doesn't. And sometimes it's as simple as price. Sometimes it's like has to do with size sometimes it has to do a little bit with design um but i think in the scope of making it like a tutorial or like truly a diy like show that's nice to be like here's this thing that you as a viewer looking at might think oh that works why don't they get that and then here's this like three minute segment telling you why it actually doesn't work um, and then they go and they find the thing that does and they explain why it's better Yeah, it's like they're sort of trying to teach you how to shop as well, which I think is also good because I think what original HGTV used to be was like, we know you're not going to hire a professional designer. Let us tell you professional designer tips. Mm. And current HGTV is sort of like, look at what professional designers can do given unlimited resources. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Unlimited resources in a bulldozer. Yeah. Um, any other pros? I mean, I think um, pro and con, this can be the transition one. Nice. It is a time capsule. <laughs> <laughs> like, we were talking about how hard it used to be to decorate around your TV because your TV took up, like, 10 square feet of floor space mm-hmm. for no reason. Um You know, you get to see a lot of, like, very bad early 2000s trends, which is both funny and sad. Um, (laughs) 
don't know. There's like a, a joy there in a way because it's very nostalgic for me of my childhood. Like I definitely watched this show when it was airing and like wanted to do all of these things because I thought that they were great ideas <laughs> and probably like that sort of energy carried me to what I am right now <laughs> in some ways. Um, but to that end, I would say like copying the styles of other cultures or what we perceive to be other cultures was like very hot in the early 2000s in a way that we now know is like deeply problematic. <laughs> yeah, it like definitely appropriative and probably definitely racist. Um, they say ethnic a lot, which is dark. Um, yeah, they also do like a lot of of othering to describe like a cultural style when like these cultures are alive and modern and like actively doing things. They are not a time capsule of. Right, and, like, the the things that they're presenting as um, the styles of other cultures are also just, like, bad American, like, perceptions of those cultures. Like, I would argue that most of these rooms end up looking like bad theme restaurants. Yeah, most of them. About 90%. <laughs> um, and that's really strange because, like, there are... I mean, I wonder also how much the internet has changed this for us. Like, I'm currently on the hunt for a vintage rug, and, like, Moroccan rugs are very in right now, so I've seen a lot of that, and, like, I have a lot of access to that. Mm -hmm. But we watched them do a Moroccan dining room that was just, like, one of the weirdest things I've ever seen and didn't actually have anything from Morocco in it. Yeah, they said sultry so many times. So many times. And it's like, Morocco exists. Like, you can buy things from there. Um, But, like, maybe that was harder to do. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Um, So that's... Probably not. (laughs) That's definitely, like, a read I have. It's that none of that had to happen. Um, And yet it did. And it also felt very much like themes were necessary and I don't know if that was because that was sort of like the way that the show was structured. Like even when they were doing sort of like a quote unquote, like traditional American like room, mm-hmm. there was like, that was the theme of it. Whereas now I feel like most people wouldn't describe their own style as like, I want the, this whole room to look Asian or like whatever sort of weird thing. Like, I think that mixing styles is much more common now. Yeah. Mixing styles. I think too, thinking about contemporary shows, especially, I mean, so many shows are just reno shows. That's, that's like what's in. Right. And it's about like the, the, the style of the house, right? Like that's what gets right, referred yeah. to. Um, there were so many situations where someone had like a 50s tract home and was like, I would like this to look Spanish, please. <laughs> and it's like, but it's not. It's not <laughs> Spanish. Yeah. Which, to keep rolling, is something we've talked about too, that like this era of, of design and renovation is like, why when you renovate houses do you have to rip off everything to get back to what the house was? <laughs> yeah, we... Well, so... Like, I have been watching a lot of Nicole Curtis's show, uh, Rehab Addict, and she's huge on, like, restoring the original architectural intent of a home. 
And so a lot of times she's like stripping away all of these different things that have been added or she has to go to vintage shops to find period pieces to replace things that have been taken out. Mm -hmm. And like we watched someone who had a built-in like... I don't know how you would describe that built-in. It was kind of like a built-in room divider in their um, kitchen that had these glass doors on it. Mm. And the designers came in and got rid of the doors and like built a wine rack into it. Ah, And I could just imagine Nicole Curtis like freaking out and like trying to find doors that fit it again or like having doors made for it. And I was like, the 2000s was really why all of these shows exist now. (laughs) Because like all of the integrity of a house was just like ripped out to make it like Spanish or whatever. I think that one was Tuscan. We were going for a Tuscan kitchen. Yeah. Because they had had like an under the Tuscan sun sort of moment the summer before. Wow, what a reference. Uh, <laughs> Do you remember that movie? I remember, I never saw it, but I remember when it was like... Oh, I think that was one of the first PG-13 movies I saw. Wow. Yeah. Ris- risque. Kind um, of. It was like about her divorce or something, right? She was like going to like liberate herself. Yeah, I think it was like the original Eat, Pray, Love. Yeah. Pray, Love was the thing. <laughs> um, yeah, wow, what a throwback reference. Yeah. We're really in it. That's what I think of every time I think of Tuscan design, honestly, because I feel like it's what people are going for mm. or at least americans um yeah that's yeah it. yeah there's a lot of just like doing awful shit to a house that's perfectly fine and could probably just use some paint like they don't like we said they don't change a lot in terms of flooring but they do a lot of different like light fixtures that make it look like a hard rock cafe rather than someone's room <laughs> Like, so often people, when they ask for a Spanish theme, it just turns their room into, like, a, a cheap tapas bar. It's uh, pretty serious. Like, that wine rack. In the I personally do love a cheap tapas bar, but not in my house. Yeah, this isn't me talking shit about cheap tapas <laughs> bars. So let's get that. Let's get that clear. <laughs> what this is saying is that your, like, guest bedroom doesn't need to be a tapas bar. <laughs> I think that's the interesting thing, too, because people would say like oh like remember that guy who was like i want to live in a sushi restaurant yeah one man did say that to the team for paying him so he got what he asked for that is like but it's sort of like i would never think that way about my own style like for me it's like do i like this piece and does this piece sort of look like it's gonna work with all my other ones but it's never like i want everything to be in the same style It's never like, you know, I really like sushi bars. (laughs) (laughs) I don't actually like sushi bars, personally. Um, But you know what I mean? It's not like I'm like, oh, I love French country, so every single thing I have has to be a reference to French country design. Yeah. And I think that was a little bit in, like, to stay competitive with a lot of the shows that were coming on the market, right? I remember we were talking about, like, the makeover shows and Monster House and all those wild things were happening, like pretty parallel to this i think the seasons we've been in are a little bit before all that but like they were coming so the theme and kind of the the drama if you will of the themes being so intense is part of the spectacle of television in it for sure something i also think about with these shows and like i don't know if this is necessarily a pro of current hgtv but with most of the shows that you watch now like the massive renovation ones they do the whole house And you'll end up seeing like three or four rooms because that's the amount of time they have. But you know that the whole house has been handled. Whereas like with these, it's so clear that they have this one room 
that has been decorated, mm-hmm. whether you like it or not. And the rest of their house is just like a white box. Yeah. Um, I don't know if that's a con, honestly. It's something that strikes me as like deeply strange and a little bit funny because imagine living your life in a house with like no discernible style, but then you go into your bedroom and it's like orange. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think that has to do a lot with TV making itself, too, and, like, what people's attention spans would be and the scope. Like, HGTV clearly had a good amount of money then, but it wasn't the powerhouse it is now. Do you think, though, that it inspired people to sort of take on the rest of their home? Um, Or do you think that they were like, well, we can just hang out in this one place now because it's the only one that's done? I don't know. I, I think it's... A mixed bag. I think, like, uh, sushi bar dude probably didn't do anything but, like, live in his sushi bar. But I imagine some people, like, uh, I mean, I don't know. I don't know any of these people personally, clearly. But I, it feels like, as a person, if I were to <laughs> have a team of three people come in and hot glue shit all over my house and paint my walls, I would want the rest of my house to correspond in some way, even if that's as simple as painting. Right? Okay, so pro... We're, we're circling back to pros. Also, we've been doing a series of episodes that are, like, completely freeballed recently, so there's no structure whatsoever to what we're doing right now. Yeah, we've gone through three different hosts, but the way, I guess, Discovery Plus has their platform set up, either there were at some point two hosts, or things just keep going back and forth, back and forth. Start no, talking. I was talking about our podcast. Oh. Also, this show, but also our podcast. Yes. Um, so, they always paint and they always paint a color and something that i mean is just trendy right now and so is being reflected in hgtv is like all of the white and i feel like if like one of the strengths of this show and shows like it is that they were really like guys if you just paint your walls a color it will look a thousand times better yeah and that is generally true i would say i don't think we've seen one color on design on a dime that I would have painted a room ever. No. Um, I remember those colors being really trendy, so I can't really talk shit about it. I think the early 2000s was very much like pro color, but all of those colors were just like a tad too primary. Mm. Like they, if they had just picked all of those colors with like a more neutral undertone, like rather than painting someone's room Kelly green, you could have gone with more of like a hunter green and it would have been better. Um, but I remember the time that being really trendy, so I'm not going to talk shit about it. But what I'm saying is that, like, I hope that it inspired people to paint other rooms in their house or, like, inspired viewers at home to try paint because mm-hmm. what we know to be true is that, like, painting spaces really makes them feel more personal. Yeah. And you could tell from the rest of, like, the house that you got to see that painting was not something that these people had invested in mm-hmm. pre-design on a dime coming to their house. And it's also, like like we've always said, it's not really an investment. A can of paint costs $25, and it should take you one can of paint to paint a room. Yeah. I was pausing to reflect on two things. One, an episode we saw recently before we sat down to pod, they painted someone's room, and the host was like, nothing wrong with a little peanut butter for the brown-orange <laughs> they chose, and I don't think that color <laughs> is really forgivable. <laughs> 
<laughs> in any context. The other thing to like comment on the amateurness is that they always start painting and they always say they need two coats, which always seems incorrect. <laughs> I talked to my mom about this. Actually, I've been texting my mom a lot about this show, and she was saying that she can't remember when Bear introduced um, their one coat coverage. Mm. So it might be that the paint is not as good. Interesting. Um, but also, it is really distressing to watch them paint. Yeah. Another pro, though, I will say, um, is that there are no teams on the show. Like, there's, like, it's not like you're watching Chip demo, but you know that there are like 15 people on site oh, doing yeah, yeah. demo. It's like there are these three people in this one room, and they are legitimately painting the room. Um, or so it seems. But yeah, I, they don't strike me as professional painters. So I guess that's what I'm saying. They hired no professionals. Yeah. Yeah, it's unclear how off camera, how much work might be done. But definitely the narrative is that it's a three. And I kind of believe it's the three. Well, for $1,000, they can't afford any labor. Yeah, yeah. So I would imagine that it is actually the three of them, especially because it's like they do the install all in one day and like all of the stuff is very much like stuff you could do in a day or you and one other person could do in a day yeah yeah and to the point we were talking about earlier it is all pretty usually simple every so often there's a thing that's like right if you had a friend who could solder it would be free <laughs> like <Right>. sometimes <laughs> they take like when they make the tapas bars style rooms or the tuscan rooms sometimes they add like a little like artful piece of metal work as you might see in like a tapas bar and they'll just be like oh i just went to my friend who could solder and it's like right that labor cost would be <laughs> like, <laughs> like anywhere from like 50 to 150 depending on the shop and how long it took in your relationship with it so like yes you got it for free but <laughs> like but I think that's way better than a renovation show that's like, oh, this renovation was $100,000, but we didn't have to pay for any of the labor. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> that's a very different uh, scale there. Yeah. Also, I totally just made up that soldering price. I have no idea how much it would cost to get something soldered. I don't think I've ever had something soldered, but for the sort of projects that they do, like... I believe that that guy literally did that soldering in five minutes in front of the camera, so I can't imagine it would be over 150, like, because yeah. it wasn't, like, an hour of his time, even. Yeah, it's usually just joining two things together. Yeah. Normally, the flow would be like, oh, this metal piece is $70, but it's the size we need. Let's see if I can find more in the store. And they'll walk, usually, to some, like, vaguely ska background music, like, do-do-do-do-do, do 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 and then they'll be like, I found these two pieces. Guess how much they are. $26 for both. I'm going to go to my friend and then cut to a friend who just like solders the two together at an edge and they're like, cost savings. That's usually the flow. So actually we're starting a production company and we'll be um, re-airing Design on a Dime, but Donnie will be the only person on camera. <laughs> yeah, this is actually the start of Donnie's core corner. Though you probably want me to be the one painting or you will need two coats. Yeah, that's definitely true. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to think what else there's say. Another interesting point, and this is like waxing poetic a little bit maybe, but it's interesting just how much shit you had to have to be like, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Not relevant, but to be, to like ask someone who works from home, all I need is really is my laptop. But when they do, like, home offices or people's living room slash office, like, people have to have their monitor, their big-ass computer, like, 
a mouse and a mouse pad. Like the amount of space is so is so different. And I was thinking about um, like one generationally how that reflected on on our generation and our like desire, broadly speaking, to like trend minimalist a lot of ways. Like you know that is a pretty trendy thing. Um, and if that's because we grew up just surrounded by shit, there's this one episode though where people had quite literally like eight vcrs which was just too much and they're like yeah we have a storage problem it's like no you have a fucking vcr problem (laughs) like like i know like even it is wild though because like i'm gonna go out on a limb and say you and i will never own an entertainment center um because our entertainment center is literally my laptop (laughs) and it is a thousand dollar laptop but it still cost less than an entertainment center and a TV and speakers and a DVD player. And like, I remember my aunt and uncle used to have this like nice set of speakers that required like a separate box to control those speakers Mm. and like a CD player and things like that. So like, we just don't need all of that because it's all in this one thing. Yeah. But like, imagine if you just wanted to watch like movies, if you were into movies, you needed so much shit because the movie wasn't in the internet for you. Mm-hmm. You had to own all the movies. You had to own all the CDs. Like, and all that shit took up so much space. Yeah. So like, they'll be going into these rooms and they'll just need these massive pieces of furniture to house all of the things that people have that like we just have in the cloud now, which is really so wild to think about. Mm-hmm. And like... I don't know. I've never been one of those people who's like longed for a simpler time or anything like that. But honestly, I think we have it way better because just like the amount of shit you had to own just to like, I don't not to be a functional human, obviously, but to live the same life that we live currently. Yeah. Like thinking about trying, like imagine, I mean, our apartment trying to have anything. Like, we want to watch a movie, we just open up your laptop and my laptop and fucking put it on. <laughs> you know, but if we were trying to do that in this space, it would take up, like, a good amount of space for us to just watch a movie. We would have to throw out everything we have, and our whole living room would just be, like, an entertainment center. Yeah. It's been interesting watching the show and thinking about how how that dictates design and how, like, the, the changeover of all that kind of shit to, to a more digital space has allowed for like new thinking and design i'm like really going out on a limb with some afternoon coffee but i think it makes sense what i'm saying (laughs) no i think about that like the tvs really got to me too because obviously we had tube tvs like you know like everyone else but um it's been such a long time since i've seen one and i think now about how like um is it a samsung tv or a sony tv there's this tv called the frame Mm. and it like looks like a piece of art and then when it's in sleep mode it actually has a screensaver that is like a piece of art yeah they have some so you told me about this before they have like a partnership with some different museums so you can just have like the mona lisa right Um, like digitally rendered and really fucking good looking and like you couldn't do that. You just had this massive black box. And so you had to like hide it behind something. And like just what a complete sea change it's been. And like the show is 20 years old, right? So it's not like yesterday. But it is within our lifetime, you know, and our remembrance. Mm-hmm. And just to think about like the complete technological shifts that have happened and how that really affects the way we live and like therefore the way we decorate yeah yeah i mean it's 
it's in every room too, right? Like you could you could do the same about like kitchen and kitchen appliances, all those changes, but like living, so to speak, like living and design has been able to become so much more streamlined and like open up a lot of space in an interesting way. And I think minimalism is probably more attainable even. Yeah. You know, like to be a minimalist in nineteen ninety nine would have been like a renunciation of so many things mm. in a way that it isn't now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hear that. Hmm. Yeah, that's it. That's just the thought that always crossed my mind when they're doing people's spaces, just like especially living I mean bedrooms and uh like offices. Well the offices have all the computers like I mentioned. But the bedrooms are usually pretty standard. But yeah, when they do living rooms, home offices, sometimes just wow, the amount of space. And yeah, what they have to do. Because normally, like you were saying, it always requires buying some kind of media center. Or like upgrading the, or repainting the person's media center. But that still has to be a focal point. Or if it's an office, a, like a desk, you know. Right. Um, and just not having to really have that. And not have that be really... That's never so much a focus in contemporary HGTV. You know, like there's a living room space and people sometimes talk about like wanting a TV for like, I'm thinking about uh, like some of the the fixer upper stuff. Uh, Cause that's really, honestly, mainly what I've watched. I watch that and I've watched Hometown with you. We've watched some of, some of their new shows, the new Magnolia Network stuff that got put up as a sample. But, like, when people talk about wanting a TV, there's like, yeah, we'll just put it above the fireplace. Like, no big fucking thing. (laughs) It's interesting. I don't remember what I was watching one of those shows where they were saying that you never stage with a TV, Mm. um, but you always stage with a piece of art that makes it clear where the TV goes. Mm. And I wonder what that used to be like if... Like, you had to stage with an armoire that made it clear where the TV goes, you know? Um, uh, maybe it, or maybe you started not for it, not doing it with the TV because it became such a, like, faux pas from the giant black box days, <laughs> you know? Like, it was like, oh, now that we don't have to have that fucking thing. Yeah. Do, Do you that. think that just, like, fewer armoires are sold now because people don't need the house TVs? I feel like probably, yeah. Like, the idea of media centers... I feel like I'm, I'm running through through my brain of like like no one hmm. like media centers I feel like have become more like tables like I'm thinking of like friends apartments have been even my parents like they're like long the TV stand yeah and yeah. then they usually have like a drawer or two underneath them but it's not like the full armoire right uh, vibe it's usually like a table with some drawers if you're not hanging the TV or if you are hanging the TV then you hang it and you still have, like, that little table to keep your stuff. Gotta get the door. Oh, so we are not design historians. We're just people who watch design on a dime. Wow, that's really gonna mess up our audio. But yeah, not design historians. But if you do want to see a weird piece of design history, check out Design on a Dime. Thanks for listening to this episode of Apartment 26. For more info on the stuff we talk about on this episode, check out the show notes linked below. And follow us on Instagram at apt26podcast. See you next time.